This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 313 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Buy Me to Dewormers, Total Saddle Fit, and EquityMFG.com. Hi, everybody. Glenn the Geek here with you. Reese and Philip have their normal week off, and it's the Paras who would normally be here, but they're all at the Devon Horse Show in Pennsylvania, so we're going to bring you a fun retro episode. We're going to go back in time to when Reese and Philip first started in October of 2012. They had a great conversation about starting young horses. I think you'll enjoy it. And Reese and Philip will be back next week. But before we get started, I wanted to mention one of our longtime terrific sponsors, and that's EquityMFG.com. They have the finest manure forks available today. Now you say, well, why should I worry about a manure fork? I buy them for 25 bucks at the feed store. Well, the problem with those is they break all the time, and they just are not the quality that Equities are. We have had the Equity forks now and been using them for three years. Uh, we have both the Flexen fork and the motorized shaken fork, and absolutely love them. They haven't broke. They haven't even threatened uh, breaking. The tines are still in, in great shape. And, boy, we clean a lot of outdoor paddocks, and they don't have the flicking problem that most of the forks have. If you want a durable, long-lasting manure fork that you're going to love. I guarantee you, every one of us the Horse Radio Network use these, and we don't use anything else. So check them out at EquityMFG.com. They're a little more expensive than regular forks, but you'll love them. They last a long, long, long time, and you'll never clean with any other fork again. Trust me, about half of our listening audience on Horses in the Morning now owns these flexing forks and shaking forks. EquityMFG.com. Now let's get on with the show. Well, guys, we have a great show today. We, um, as last week, we talked about the performance horse side of Devon. And this week, we're going to talk about breeding at Devon. Well, it's a huge show. I haven't been, but uh, I understand that it's uh, it's a big deal for all the breeders in, uh, you know, in the States and some in Canada as well. It is. And we also have Jean-Yves Tola of Jumpstart Farm. He is a wonderful breeder, but he also is um, a huge ad- advocate for getting young horses out. And he's helped um, with Spicos Farm develop uh, the Young Horse Show Series, which is a great way to get your young horses out, um, get people, you know, have people look at them. And also a good way if you want to sell a young horse to get that out. Yeah, giving them great exposure and uh, give breeders a chance to show off their they're great horses that they're all they're all breeding and working hard to do that. So that's nice. And Reese, you have a young horse too. I do. I know we've talked a little bit about. I do have a breeding program. It's a very small one, but um, I have a wonderful mare that I showed Grand Prix and and several years ago she got hurt and so I started. Uh, I bred Denali, who I've talked about on the show, who's doing great. He's a riding horse now and. Um, I also have bred a two-year-old. Her name is Fleur de Lis, and we call her Minnie. And I have a uh, soon-to-be, as of tomorrow, weanling. So we are weaning tomorrow. Really not looking forward to it at all. It's a really awful. Yeah, I was day. just saying that's a heartbreaking job to have to do <laughs> to put to pull a baby from his mama. Is just. Uh... Yeah, you're not breaks, helping breaks my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. <laughs> How do yeah. you do it, Reese? How do, do you uh, take mom away, well, or what do you do? 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, always a good discussion. Um, so, you know, the mayor, I've shown her all over the world, really. She's a wonderful mayor, so she's good. I, I think the way my property, I think it depends a lot on your property. And I always sort of talk with my vet on what he thinks is the best way to do it and my staff. So we all sort of know exactly what's going to happen uh, when it happens. But we're going to I actually put the baby with an old mare of ours who's raised several babies um, for my mom and for myself. And she's a wonderful sort of aunt and nanny. Uh, so she's been with her for several weeks. And uh, mom and daddy to wean. Um, so what's going to happen tomorrow is we actually will tranquilize the baby a little bit. Um, we're going to walk them down. They have to walk. It's the way my property set up. There's some woods that separate the two properties in a creek, but thankfully there's no water in the creek at the moment. So we're going to walk across, uh, walk across the creek and then I'll take the old mare and the little baby and we'll put them in the stall together and then we'll have the trailer waiting. And, uh, we, uh, Jamaica is her name. Um, but we call her big mama. So we'll load, I'll load big mama up and let the other guys be with the baby. And I will take big mama away in the trailer with me. And then they'll set and get the, the mare and the, and the baby all settled down in the, the new digs. So it's going to be a big day. It's a big week. Uh, we also have our regional finals this week. So, uh, I'm not sure I'm, I'm kind of glutting for punishment this week, but, uh, it's, they're ready to wean tomorrow's the day. And, and then we actually head to the horse park on Wednesday for the regional finals. Along with a big driving show there too, right? Yes. Glenn was so we saying, talked about that last week, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, the uh, national drive is there this week. Um, yes, it is, everybody. And they're driving, when the National Drive is there, you're talking, what, 40, 50 carriages that are driving all over the park all the time. So it's like... Thank you, Glenn. You're Thank welcome. You. This is a big, <laughs> big week for you, Reese. This is gonna be <laughs> it is a really big week, But everybody. you're going on vacation next week, so you can drink it off. I am going to vacation <laughs> next week. So um, my husband and I, Travis and I, are going to enjoy some family time. So um, yeah, I may need it um, after the drive. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I think they've sort of worked out the fact that they are going to keep the carriages away from the main stadium, um, but their horses are going to have to walk back and forth. So it is going to be an interesting week. Um, I'm you know, hoping it, it, I It's leave. funny too, because being a carriage driver, I've, you know, obviously come across many riders on horses and some horses really take to the carriages and some do not. It's just, it depends on the yeah, horse. You never know. Yeah, you never know. We used to go trail riding and the first time, Al, obviously all the horses had to get used to the carriage. But then, you know, when we would go trail riding and we'd do, do serious trail riding, I'd be the only carriage and there'd be 12 riders. And some of the horses would get right on, they would be right behind my ear, you know, and driving in the carriage. They would just follow that carriage and that became their safety place. You know, it became their comfort place, was right behind the carriage. Yeah. A lot of them would attach themselves to the carriage and didn't want to be anywhere but right behind that carriage because I think it was, they felt safe there. Really? I will, I will let you know how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. We want to know how all that goes and and we wish you luck. I know it's a big week, so uh, yeah, so it's a it's a big one. But uh, I, I, I had a question. No, back. sorry, I had a question. Oh yeah, about your foals. I didn't know. Are they all by the same stallion? They are not. They um, I have two Rousseaus and I have yeah. uh, one UB forty, um, and they're American bred horses, uh, which is really exciting to have um, some wonderful stallions here. Um, we sometime we'll talk about uh, this. Is always a big question, but it's how do you choose a stallion for your mare? 
And I think that's always something that, that we look at. Um, I had a very narrow pool because I needed a fresh school semen because my mare's actually 21 this year. And um, so my vet just said, you know, we need, we need that kind of semen. And so that narrowed my pool. But if I had had a, a, the option to use frozen, you can use, um, you know, frozen semen from all over the world. So that really opens up what you can do. So um, it's a really interesting topic and something, you know, that it's fun to talk about on the radio show a little bit um, because we eventually all have to get out your horse or, or look at breeding. So, um, they have been good crosses. I've been very happy. You know, the two Rousseau's, uh, are are turning out to be just incredibly sweet and willing horses. Um, so I'm very pleased with them. And, and I've had, my mom actually bred, uh, confirmation hunters when I was growing up. So we always had mares and foals around and my mom had a very, uh, very clear program with her foals on how she got them ready. Um, so I've had to sort of develop my own way with my horses. And I think um, like I'm on number three now and um, we are really hands on with them. Um, we, we do introduce them to clipping and the trailer. And um, I work a lot with the mounted police, the Lexington mounted police. They come out and, and I give them lessons in exchange for them working with the young horses and and they oh, do all cool. kinds of stuff with them. Yeah, they yeah. walk over tarps and push balls and, you know, and, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's really fun. And so I've learned a lot about groundwork that uh, honestly I didn't know before. So um, it's been a fun way for me to sort of expand my business. And, and I did it because I had a lovely mare who, who I knew her daughter. Uh, she had two daughters in Holland who did really well. So I knew she had nice horses. So I think if you have a really, really quality mare, then it is something to look at. Um, but raising babies is just like anything else. You really have to know what you're doing and handle them properly. They're, they're, they need to be sweet, but they can't be naughty and they're naughty. I was just petting my baby and she came up and she just bit me. So she, she got in trouble for that. So, um, you know, they're not, you know, they're fun, yeah. but you also have yeah, to be able to handle them. The yeah, that's for sure. So well, yeah. anyways, that's cool. Great topic to talk about yeah. and, uh, the whole breeding side. Cause all of our great performance horses have to come from somewhere, right? So exactly, um, it's nice it. that there's there's lots of breeders <laughs> out there that are doing a great job, and uh, that's fun. Exactly, exactly. So it was actually a big week, uh, and uh, Ann Gribbins announced Saturday Saturday that she will not remain as technical advisor and coach of the U.S. team when her contract expires November thirtieth. Um, and so she sent an email actually to dressage news and it's, it's become a, an actual, uh, formal announcement now. And it said it was a privilege and my pleasure to spend the past three years working with the uh, greatest of our American dressage athletes. I wish them all the best and much future, much success in the future. So we wish Anne well. She's, she has a farm. It's too bad. I mean, she's a great resource. You know, I think that she's really helped, um, you know, the American riders and, and the team. And uh, but I think she's just looking forward to going to do her own thing again, right? I think so. I, she's been, you know, really she's done, um, she did the WEG. I actually, you know, the horses, when they were here in Kentucky, stayed here at my farm. So I worked quite a bit with, with the team uh, at the time, at that time. Uh, and then she also was the coach in, uh, for the Pan Am Games in Mexico and also in London. So she's been a lot of places and worked. And I read an, an interview that she said she really wanted to get the coaches in uh, set up. And that's happened with Jeremy and with Debbie and um, Scott Hassler. 
So it'll be interesting to see who fills this role. This is a big role. And as we all know, after the Olympics, we have some work to do. So um, we will keep you abreast as soon as we hear of anything of, of what happens with our team coach. After a break, Jens, we're going to come back and speak with Mariana Heyman of Mary Dell Farm in North Carolina about her report from dressage at, and breeding at Devon. We all know the importance of deworming our horses, and Dr. Ellefson of Biomedia Equine is helping us make sure we are doing it right. Listen for his four-part series the first week of every month on this very show. I just wanted to remind everyone, if you are due for deworming, why not save a few bucks on the popular Biomedia line of wormers, including Equimax, Bimectin, Exodus, Exodus Multidose, and Equal. You can find coupons and special offers at buymediaequine.com, including a variety of rebate offers from cash to free ivermectin. You can also get up to $2 a dose back for Equimax. And while you're at Buy Me to Equine, get your free horse health record keeper, and you can just download it there. Plus, learn a bunch about parasites and deworming at Buy Me to, that's B-I-M-E-D-A, equine.com. We at the Horse Radio Network all use Buy Me to Dewormers because we want the best for our horses, and we know you want the best for yours, too. Buy Me to equine.com and tell them the Horse Radio Network sent you. Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Brianna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I I am looking forward to the whole Devon breeding report. So can you start telling us how do you qualify and how do you even get to Devon? There is no qualification to get into the open breed classes or into the individual breed classes. Um, You do have to qualify for the regional championships. The East Coasts are hosted by Dressage at Devon. And um, that's why Dressage at Devon can host. They've had up to 700 horses in the breed show in past years. So it's a pretty big um, event. So can you tell us a little bit, um, you know, maybe a little bit of the history of the breed show at Devon and uh, what kind of classes are offered year to year and what it's all about? Certainly. Um, the breed show at Devon started in 1975. Um, I've been an active competitor since 1992. I have not skipped a year. Um, it entails classes for young horses divided by age and gender. And then the second day is mature horses, which are four-year-old and older. 
material, which is uh, three, four, and five-year-old horses under saddle. And Thursday is the individual breed classes where you compete against other horses of the same breed. For example, all the Hanoverians will be in a class divided by two and under and three and older. Um, the Oldenburgs, the Dutch, and the Hanoverians split by age, but the other breeds do not. You will have Gypsy Vanners, Frisians, Quarter Horses, Arabians, and they'll have their own individual breed class, and they are judged towards dressage but taking into consideration what the breed is and what the confirmation should be. So um, it's it's a lot of fun, especially on Thursday. We call that the Insanity Day because um, there are so many people and so many horses and so many spectators that it's elbow to elbow. So, Mariana, how does it work when you get um, when you decide to take a young horse to Devon? That seems to me that seems very nerve wracking. How does that work? Um, in my particular case. I evaluate my horses in June and July. Um, entry uh, closing date is usually second week of August, so it's well ahead of the show. With young horses, what you're looking at today is not what you're going to be looking at at the end of the week. So you evaluate your horses and you um, try to take them out to at least one show ahead of time so that you know how they'll behave. And then you put them on a very good nutrition program and conditioning program. In my case, I'm very fortunate to have access to an AquaTread. And my yearlings and older will go and make a biweekly trip and go into the AquaTread. You make sure that, especially in the south, we bring them in during the day so their coats don't get sun bleached. You practice um, whether or not they respect your body space and whoa and go. Um, and it's always nice to have a professional handler and a whip person. So can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere at the show? I mean, you've been going for quite a few years and, and uh, you know, how many horses are there and what it's, what it's all, what it's like? It's a, a big family getting together for an annual family reunion, welcoming new members. That's the atmosphere that I take from it every year. I look forward to seeing old friends, making new friends. Um, it's interesting in that it is one of the few shows that you go to, and there are people who will cheer you on even if they don't know you. Um, carnival is not quite the right word for it, but party seems to be, and serious party. Oh, this is this is the show for me. I think Philip, this is this sounds good. <laughs> that um, sounds awesome. <laughs> so, Mariana, when you talked about the handler and the whip person, can you talk a little bit about what their roles are? Um, how you need to have your horse ready to work with that person? Certainly, um, a handler is the person who will actually present the horse to the judge. He will, he or she will take the horse into the arena, stand them up for the confirmation, and we put them in a uh, in a place called the open position so the judge can see all four legs from the side view and then the handler has to know that when the judge walks in front of the horse he has to square the horse up so that the judge can see the front legs goes to the other side the open position has to reverse when the judge goes behind has to square up behind then the handler needs to walk the horse on the small triangle Going away, the judge is looking for correctness of gates. Across the long side, we're looking for the mechanical use of the body, the swing, the energy, the forward momentum, the willingness to cooperate. 
And then coming back again, it's also um, a different point of view for correctness of gait. The second triangle is at the trot. This is where horses wow the audience. Um, they go away in a slow trot. They go across the long leg of the triangle at the best gait they can go. And then they come back towards the judge. What the whip person does is encourage from behind. What, the way you can think of it is the handler is the reins and seat of the horse, of the rider, and the whip person is the legs of a rider. And if your horse, young horse is prepared properly and then shows in hand, uh, I've had reports from people who bought horses that I've shown in hand, they ask me if I've put tack on them and lunged them or done anything, and I'm somewhat handicapped. I don't start my horses, but showing in hand is a really good basic education for performance horses, and if you have a very good professional handler, they can get the best out of a horse, even if they've never dealt with it before. Yeah, I think it's great that they get used to a show atmosphere before they're ever brought somewhere to be ridden. I think the horses that have done the the breed classes, I've found for sure, handle the whole experience a lot easier when they're later in life. So I think that's kind of a leg up on, on the competition sometimes. I think it is as well. I, I mean, a foal will take its cues from its dam. It, you've got a um, pro and con with that. It's a little dangerous to take out young babies and expose them to the bacteria and other influences on a showgrounds. But on the other hand, they learn to stand, get bathed, braided, handled, trailered, and groomed, and stay in a strange place. And they, it, when their mare, their dam, takes that in stride, they do. And that lays the groundwork for the future that's invaluable. So one of the things that I wanted to ask is how do you decide, let's say you, you want to go to Devon, you really evaluate your horse in June. How do you really evaluate and say, okay, yes, it's worth the money. You know, for, for me, that's a, you know, a 14 hour haul, mm -hmm. you know, how do you decide that is, is my question. It's same here. It's, it's 13 hours for us and, yeah. and my babies need to be of a good age. I look sure. at their confirmation. I look at their growth rate. I look at their siblings um, I want to know that this is a top quality horse. I don't want to take one of my good horses. That's not good enough. Um, there are some horses that are born with that special look at me. I'm top of the world. And it's not anything you can breed for, but it pops up every so often. When you have one like that, they show themselves beautifully. And even if they may not be the best mover in the world, their mechanics will translate into power and elegance. And that always gets you a few extra general impression points. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I usually know that's a gut reaction for me. For someone else, um, they have to look at their, their program and their horse. And a good guide is to take it out to a another breed show and see what a judge thinks or talk to another breeder in your area, see what they tell you because most breeders will be brutally honest about what they see. My premise in my breeding program is that, you know, if I'm ever, ever satisfied with what I have, I need to get out because I'm no longer going to improve. 
So that's a pretty good mantra, I think. So at Devon, I mean, how has the show changed over the years? Is it what have you seen as as trends or just uh, your experience? How has that changed? The vendors have changed. Management has changed. Um, it's attrition over the years. It's there's there are people who love the current situation, people who miss the old situation. But um, despite that, I think. It, it has retained its prominence. European judges and breeders look at Devon every year and like to see what's winning here. Um, it has international prominence. It's the largest breed show in the world. And it, it, in that regard, I think a win at Devon is more valuable to a breeding program than winning a regional championship or a USDF Horse of the Year standing. Yeah, Devon has always been the place that it's so amazing to go, even as a sport horse, uh, as a rider as well. So, yeah. Mariana, can, can you tell us a little bit about the horses that you saw this year and the winners this year? It was a very good year. The quality across the board was amazing. Um, usually you'll see the top farms winning most of the classes because they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a long time. This year you had so very many top, top quality horses. Uh, Kate Palmquist from Virginia, her yearling Francesca won the yearling Phillies class, top quality horse, small time breeder, stood um, a stallion named Fielding, and this is the last foal from that stallion that she will have. Um, returning to win a class was Cha-Ching from Hilltop, and he won the Colts class. And that looks like, you know, time will only tell, but it looks like it could possibly be a stallion, excuse me, a stallion coming up. Then um, in the three-year-old Phillies class, my God, that class, any one of the top ten horses could have won that class on any given day. I take any one of them home. Um, what uh, made my Devon was horses that I bred went out and did super well for their new owners. And then we had the fall champion this year who ended up making the front page of Euro Dressage, which, again, was quite a, a high for me. But what I also appreciated was on Mature Horse Day, the grand champion was a broodmare. And that warms my heart because I'm a mare person at heart. And um, breeding is built on the quality of our mares. The stallion can only do so much. It's the mare that brings so much more to the table. And to have a broodmare recognized as the grand champion is a really, really good thing. Now, over the past few years, we've seen a real, um, you know, a depressed economy that, that everybody's been dealing with. How, how has that affected breeders and maybe the breed shows? And, and have you seen a real uh, difference in the past two, three yeah. years because of this? Certainly we have. Um, a lot of breeders have gotten out. They can't afford to keep doing it. The cost of doing the business of breeding has gotten so expensive. Vets have to charge more. Semen is more. Um, raising them is more. And the economy has cut back on the potential buyers out there. So breeders have cut back on the number they produce. Some breeders have gotten out. And in turn, that has affected the um, breed shows throughout the country. Even Devon was down by 60 horses this year from last year. I think that the economy is stabilized enough that breeders are now looking at 
upping production or at least stabilizing their production. Um, it's starting to happen right now in this country, and it will happen probably in Europe in the next year or two. There will be a lack of three- and four-year-old horses because it's been going on that long. So um, high-quality, good-quality horses are going to be very hard to find because the breeders just stop producing. So, uh, Mariana, tell us when you when you start when you say, "Okay, I'm going to take my horse to Devon." Is that when you really start to prep them, or do you, have you started to prep them earlier in the spring? I start right away when they're born, and um, if you know, if I'm thinking about a fall going to Devon, I I start right away. I make sure I have a good nutritionist. I consult. Um, I have a very good farrier, um, and I, I do that for the newborns. If I'm talking about a yearling or a two-year-old, it will be May or June, I'll start thinking about looking out in the field and, and seeing if anybody at liberty is moving well enough to take my breath away. And if we see something out in the field that's doing that, that's the horse that I then will start to prep. And again, I will bring it in during the day, get the coat going well. I'll evaluate behavior. I will evaluate gait in hand, meaning in the halter versus at liberty in the field. And if that horse is still coming up to my expectations for a Devon competitor, I will start doing the aqua tread in mid-July and um, putting the horse in the aqua tread twice a week. Reese, as you know, I've had two hip replacements, so I can't do the ponying or, or running up and down the hills with these youngsters. So for me, the aqua tread's the right thing. But anybody can do conditioning. All it needs to do is some up and down hills or some some lunging in a, a round pen at Liberty. Um, but you need to start conditioning at least eight weeks before the show, if not sooner. Um, but we watch the progress. And then when the closing date comes, if they're making sufficient progress, I'll send in the entry. And I still leave it open to whether or not they're going to go until about two weeks ahead of time. And then, again, final evaluation. If they've lived up to my expectations, we start, you know, figuring out how much hay, grain, and and supplies we need to take. You have an amazing program. Congratulations on the full win. That is huge. That's very exciting. And thank you for coming on the show. This was really educational for both Philip and I and all our listeners. That was great. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mariana, for coming on the show. And Mariana's website is marydalefarm.com. And after a break from the Horse Radio Network, we're going to speak with Jean-Yves Tola of Jumpstart Farm in Lexington, Kentucky, and his involvement in the Young Horse Show Series. Do you have a company in the horse world? Are you looking to get the word out about your products, services, or shows? At the Horse Radio Network, we understand our advertisers need to reach the equestrian consumer in the most efficient, cost-effective way possible. Internet radio shows like this one, also called podcasts, allow the flexibility and creativity to craft unique messages that stand out from the herd and reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. If you want to learn more about advertising on this show or any of our shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact our account manager, Lisa, at 847-790-4476. That's Lisa at 847 
270-4476, or you can drop her an email at lisa at horseradionetwork.com. Our listeners are terrific, engaged, and avid horse people, the ones that you are looking for. Shani, thank you so much for coming on the Dressage Radio Show today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really excited to have you because you were the kind of the creator of the Young Horse Show Series. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that is and how people can get involved? Sure. Um, well, um, the Young Horse Show Series is basically a, a show for young horses. Um, um, we require uh, them to be from uh, one year old to five year old, and um, you know they, they need to prove their age. In other words, uh, so the show means something because the divisions and the classes are separated in age groups. And basically, uh, the concept was created um, by the North American Book and a couple other people. And all we did basically is uh, apply uh, proven um, show environments that we brought from Europe, mostly France and Germany, and um, apply them for, to, to apply them here for the U.S. Uh, because we, we believe that there's a lack of um, affordable show venues for the youngsters, uh, where they can get basically what we call cheap miles, uh, being introduced to a show environment, uh, arena. Uh, different things, uh, being in a different stall, in a different barn, uh, which down the line when they become five, six, and seven, and they start to really have to compete in big, expensive shows, then they have some miles, and, and they don't um, have to go through all of that process at that age, and they can actually do it beforehand. Um, so that's basically the concept. And, um, um, you know, in, in more details, you know, we, are, we offer different classes. We offer an ad liberty class, which we believe is extremely important. So uh, the, the, the canter of the horse can be judged, um, which is something that we don't really have here. Um, sometimes at inspections, but uh, uh, as far as showing goes, uh, for the youngsters, we don't have that. So it's a great way to assess the, you know, ability of the horse. We also have a jumpsuit class, which is also good for young horses. And they don't necessarily have to be jumpers. We have a lot of precise young horses that actually like to go through the jumpsuit. It's a, another way to assess their willingness and their ability to uh, use their body over a little fence. Um, and so, you know, we, we believe that it's a great way to 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 promote uh, and create a, a, a great sales environment for the horses um, as well um, for breeders to get together and exchange ideas and uh, break the ice a little bit uh, between breeders and, and and also trainers and riders that can come since we also have a couple under saddle classes for dressage and jumpers and hunters. So that's that's basically it. Um, and you know we have about uh, half a dozen. We had a half a dozen shows in 2011. We had eight shows in 2012, and we're basically trying to expand uh, these shows to the whole country. Um, and we basically go, you know, state by state, uh, try to find hosts that have the facility to host such a show, and uh, then we help them produce the show. And um, 
that's about it. Really, um, then people come, <laughs> and and uh, we've had a lot of success and a lot of uh, great feedback. I mean, it's not a perfect oiled machine yet, but it's getting there. Um, it still needs a little tweaking, but uh, overall, we're pretty satisfied uh, with the concept and uh, the results so far. Now, John, can you give us all of the locations? You said there were what eight locations for 2012, or you know, all the upcoming locations. Um, for the shows? So, um, we've had, uh, in 2012, we had uh, two shows in Wellington, Florida. Uh, we had a sh- two shows in Ocala, Florida. We had a show in Lexington, Kentucky. We had a show in Bethel, Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, we had a show in Poplar, Massachusetts, which is not too far from Boston. And we also had a show in Atlanta and Georgia. Uh, close to Atlanta. So that was the 2012. And um, uh, just as a little add-on, these shows um, are all qualifiers for a, you know, the final show that takes place uh, so far in Wellington, Florida, at the, uh, the West uh, Showgrounds. And um, so the, the horses have a chance to really be... Um, under the lights and really uh, well marketed and, and also get a real, I would say, a big time show experience uh, if they actually qualify and go to the finals. Um, and so we were trying to keep a little bit of a competitive aspect for it too because, you know, these, these classes have somewhat of a performance into them, uh, which we think is really important, uh, which we also think is lacking. Uh, in the show environment, and I'm mostly talking about the under four-year-old or the horses that are, that are not under saddle. Um, I think we have a great system for under saddle show, um, lacking a bit of schooling shows, but there's quite a bit of venues where you can actually go and show your horse under saddle. But before that, there's really not that much except for the hunter breeding shows and the dressage breeding shows which are great uh, in their own respect, but still to us lacking a little bit of performance um, for the horses that are participating. So, Johnny, if, if, uh, let's say, you know, I, I, I would love to bring my horse to the show. How does it work? How do I enter? How do I find information? And let's say I have a two-year-old. How do, what does she need to do to come to the show? Okay. So, uh, um, it's, it's basically, we're... I would say kind of a modern um, organization in the sense that, uh, and also because our one of our main goals is to keep the costs extremely low for the participants. That's really our number one uh, key to these shows. Is, is so it's cheap for people to come um, because, as you know, breeders uh, sometimes don't have the kind of money uh, to go and show four or five horses all year long on the big A shows. So. Um, we basically have chosen to use the internet um, as our main vehicle for uh, marketing and advertising and also entering in the show. So we have a website, which is uh, Um And on this website, every show will have its own price list that you can uh, download and, and print. And it's entry forms, um, which you can also download and print. And um, we, we try to, you know, do mass emails and, and advertise as much as we can. But uh, as I said, we use the internet mostly. 
um, because it's very affordable. Um, and, you know, if you have a two-year-old, uh, and let's say there's a show in Lexington, Kentucky, and you're in Lexington, Kentucky, you keep, you know, looking at the website. When you see that the date is posted, you go on the website, and you download the price list and the entry form, and you fill it out and send it in, and you're in. Um, a two-year-old, for example, has the, the possibility of doing three classes. Uh, there's a, what we call the In Hand at Liberty class, which is a, a, a class which is judged, uh, the horse is presented in hand, kind of like a dressage preacher. Uh, the confirmation and the correctness of the horse is going to be judged, and then the horse is let loose, um, and therefore the, the gate can be judged at Liberty. Um, you also have a jumpsuit class where the horse can go and tour jumpsuit, and we also have a schooling jumpsuit class for horses that have never been to a jumpsuit, for example, or uh, need a little bit of a warm-up before going into the regular class. And that class is not judged, but it is, you know, um, uh, practiced just the same way as the other one. Um, and we basically introduce uh, a horse to a jumpsuit in a very safe way. Uh, people don't always have the facility or the staff to run a horse to a jumpsuit correctly and, and as everybody knows a jumpsuit is can be a bit tricky with a young horse if you're if you're a little short handed or if you don't really know what you're doing. Um so we give these horses an opportunity to to have a good experience in the jumpsuit. Jean, can you give us an idea about uh, the rest of the classes that are offered? I guess there's the two year olds compete against each other, right? And like the yearlings and and, and any other right, classes that people could be interested in? Sure. There's there's basically five divisions uh, in the show, um, and um, they're all broken down into age groups. So you have the in-hand at liberty class, which is uh, from one-year-old, two-year-old, two-year-old, and four- and five-year-old together. Um, You have the jump tree class, which is... uh, We don't have that for yearlings. Um, However, we do offer uh, the schooling jump tree for yearlings, but we don't think a yearling should really be in a competitive jumpsuit class. It's a little too soon. Um, so same thing, two-year-old, two-year-old, four-year-old, and five-year-old. And four-year-old can do the jumpsuit. I'm sorry. Uh, five-year-old are not uh, eligible for the regular jumpsuit class because we believe that a five-year-old should do the saddle jumping if that's what they're going to do. And when they are, it's usually not the best thing for them to go in a jumpsuit again. It can be useful uh, but not really recommended. So we, we just uh, don't have the five-year-old uh, jumpsuit class. And then we have three divisions under saddle. We have uh, a flat class that we we just call it a flat class. It's kind of a material class where uh, up to two horses can come together in the ring, and um, the judge will ask them to walk, trot, canter, and with a, a few extensions and a few. Um, collection, but very light, and basically it's a class where a young horse can really express themselves. Um, we like to see a horse being ridden uphill and, and forward, uh, which we think sometimes uh, lacks in a purely dressage test, which uh, for the young ones and the, the, the lower tests are, are really good, obviously, but very uh, into the submission part of the horse and sometimes kind of miss the potential of the horse. So we, we want the people to be able to show the potential of the horse in these classes. Then we have a regular dressage um, 
to test uh, sort of such riders, if you wish. And we have also a understandable jumping class, uh, which is modeled a little bit after the Bundeschampionat in Germany. And it's a class where you have a very easy course of eight fences, uh, and you actually are able to do it twice. So you go over the course once, and then you take a break for two minutes, and you go again. So you can fix problems, and the judge can really see how the horse is reacting and the rider is reacting to the course, and it is not timed. So you can take as long as you want. Um, and, um, you know, if you if you get a double clear or a score that's good enough, then you can qualify. Uh, so that these are five divisions that we offer. Well, that is, that is great, Geneve, and what you're doing is really a phenomenal thing for all breeders and riders and um, trainers out there. Uh, Geneve, if we wanted to find you on the website, uh, on the web, how would we do that? Um, well, you, you just uh, type www.younghorseshow.com. Well, thank you, Jean-Yves, very much for coming on the show. And again, jumpstartfarm.com is Jean-Yves' website. And um, yeah, next week, Philip, we have a little bit of time off. Yeah, well, you're going on a trip, right? We are. Travis and I are actually going to go to Ireland. So we are uh, just going for fun. We've both always wanted to go there and uh, look forward to the week uh, of, of no horses. I don't mind seeing them in the field. But uh, after my big week at the regionals and carriages and weaning, uh, a little little vacation will be fun. I always had to, when we had our big farm, Philip, um, we had about 20, 25 borders at, at one point. And, you know, when we would go away, I would say to Jennifer, I don't want anything to do with horses. I don't care what you say. We're yeah. going away and we're not even looking at a horse. It never quite worked out that way. but Well, it's surprising with a boarding barn you get any time to go away. I know. <laughs> well, that leads uh... to a good question there, Reese. Yeah. You yeah. know, when we went away, we were always the kind that, you know, you kind of want to know what's going on at home, but yet we didn't because really there was nothing don't. we could do about yeah. it. Yeah, and and yeah, we didn't yeah. want them calling us with every little thing. So we, you know, we we'd give them all the name. Are you that way, or do you want to know about every little thing? I think there's two types of people. Yeah, you know, I think that for me, I I get usually I I do try to take two weeks off a year. One is in the summer, I go on vacation with my family, and then one is the fall where Travis and I go and and just have a, in us vacation, um, and we like to travel, you know, fun places. So um, I, you know, I I don't want to know in a lot of ways. I have a wonderful farm manager. Her name is Rachel Sawinski, and she stays here at the farm. Um, I have a wonderful vet. I have a wonderful farrier. Um, my mom, my dad, my sister, sort of everyone's in town. So, um, no, <laughs> call them, <laughs> call my insurance agent if needed, hear the truck keys, take the horse to the clinic if needed. And, and so for me, I have great staff and, and Umberto, my farm manager is also here. So they do a really good job, honestly, of, uh, taking care of things, thankfully. Um, but I need that. I, I think everyone's a little bit different, but you know, living on the property and, and sort of living and breathing it um, and ha- having a husband that's not horsey, um, I think it's really important that we get away. So um, so I guess if that answers the question, I I try not to, um, I try not to call, I'll send an email, but I'm going to be in Ireland, so there's not much I can do. Yeah, what can you do? I always yeah. liked cruises yeah. because they can't reach you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's I it. You're not getting a hold of me yeah. on the cruise. How about yeah, you, you Philip? How do you feel about that? Um, 
I'm both ways, actually. You know, I, I really <laughs> do like to know what's going on, but you know, it just becomes frustrating when there's nothing you can do about it, right? So, um, I'll go away, and there'll be no contact, and I think that's a little bit better because if something does happen, you just want to go home, right? Then you're not going to enjoy your time when you're away. So, what can you do? We had it bad because yeah. when we had the big stable, we also had a tack shop, tack business, and it, we awesome. were one of the first retailers online in the mid-90s in the internet. So we, we had that running at the farm in addition to the farm. So it was like, oh, and we would get calls about the tack business, and then sometimes there are things we had to deal with there. But um, but I would have rather dealt with that than I did the horse end of things. It was like, let's just hope that runs fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just cross your fingers yeah. and, and pray. And, <laughs> and when you got a great support system, you don't worry. You don't worry that much, I guess, right? And, yeah, and our my horse is all, we were all working really hard this week, and we've been working, you know, very hard the last month kind of getting ready. So actually, my horses, they're going to get a little downtime, and, and I kind of try and schedule my life around uh, the horses having a break. But the clients need a break. Everyone sort of needs a break around here, so it's perfect timing, actually. So I also try to do that. So, But uh, that yes. means next week we won't be doing the show. Yeah, actually, so what's on tap, Glenn? Well, Samantha Clark and I, she's the host of the Eventing Radio Show, will be, uh, we'll be here for, for the Dressage Show next week. And what will happen is we're going to have on Rebecca Hart and Missy Ranshausen. Rebecca, of course, is the Paralympian we've had on the show before, before she headed off to London. And Missy Ranshausen is, is the coach of the Paralympic team. Well, uh, there's something very special going on, and this will already have happened by the time this show goes out. But uh, Rebecca had the opportunity to be on Good Morning America yesterday with Ian Romney. And uh, they had to ride, I, as I understand it, we don't know all the details yet, but because uh, I haven't seen it yet, we're recording this ahead of time. They're going to get to ride into the show, and they're talking about, of course, Ian Romney has MS, right? Isn't it MS? Um, yes. And they're talking about therapeutic riding and, and riding for the handicapped and things like that. So... Uh, Rebecca was thrilled to be invited. They came down to Missy's farm where Rebecca works and they filmed down there and it's just been a whirlwind for her. She got the call like two days before this happened. Um, and so she's, she's had a little notoriety and, you know, I don't care what your politics are when they call up and say, you know, you do want to come up and hang out with the wife of the person running that might be president in, in a month. Um, you, you say yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't wait to listen. And, and Becca's so such a wonderful person. And so is Missy. So oh, I can't wait. And I'm going to, uh, you know, this will, uh, will air, but I'm going to try and watch it to you tomorrow. Yeah, try and watch it. Uh, as I said, it will already have happened by the time this show goes live. But we'll give you the report. They'll be talking about what happens behind the scenes at Good Morning America. So we'll have that report for you next week. That's really cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, I guess uh, a week off. So that'll be great. Yeah. Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is uh, maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Equestrian Collections. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will see you in two weeks.